and welcome back to Kid Men Talk. This is your new host, Gus. Gus, what, what are you doing? Oh, 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 you didn't hear? Uh, no, I didn't hear. I am back on your podcast. Uh, and what are you doing back on my podcast? Well, you always say that the listeners can shape the show. Well, I have heard from several listeners that they miss me. Oh, really? Yeah, name one. Matt Norman. Oh, Matt Norman? Well, he's a good guy. That's right. And you got to do what the listeners want. All right, fine. So you do know what the topic is for today. Uh, no, what's the topic? The topic is the demise of puppetry in children's ministry. What? No, no, no. Actually, it's the three secrets. Three secrets? Yep. You're giving away secrets? I am. Are you going to have to kill them afterward? No, no, no. We're going to talk about three secrets that will make you an effective teacher or minister to kids. Oh, boy. I can't wait. Well, we'll see how this goes. So relax and get ready for some Kidmin talk. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to have you back, Gus. Why, thank you. For those of you who may be new listeners to the show, you may not know that I originally launched this podcast with my awesome co-host, Gus. That's right. In fact, you can go to the Kidman Talk page and scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see a whole bunch of interviews. I really like the interview we did with Larry Fowler. Yeah, it was kind of fun doing interviews with Gus. But anyway, today we're going to talk about three secrets to being an effective teacher. Oh, I just can't hardly wait. But first, I want to tell you one of the great secrets that every leader might want to know about. What's that? Well, you know, in this day and age, it is so important to do background checks. Oh, yes. We don't want anyone like Gus, you know, getting into the kids' ministry. Hey, all right, I'm just messing with you. But you may not know that if you are a premium member of Kidology, you actually can get discounts on background checks from an awesome ministry called Protect My Ministry. Really? That's right. Hey, don't they work with KidCheck? That's right. If you work with KidCheck, one of our other great partnerships, they're actually integrated together. So if you want to learn more about how you can get those discounted background checks, just simply go to kidology.org forward slash protect my ministry and you can learn all about it. Okay, okay, get to the secrets. Okay, I'll get to the secrets. You know, there's sometimes a difference between teachers who are just super effective, who just have a knack with the kids. The kids just can't wait to get to church and those who are just going through the motions. Going through the motions. What is that? Michael W. Smith, back in the 80s. Okay, please do not sing Michael W. Smith from the 80s, okay? But anyway, yes, you can get stuck just going through the motions. And what we want to do is we want to make church exciting. In fact, we want to make it so exciting, they don't want to go to Disney World. They don't want to go... Well, you know, that's actually true. You know, if you make children's ministry so exciting, I've actually had parents complain to me. Now, they were complaining in in, in mixed emotions because they, they liked their complaint. What does that mean? Well, I had parents tell me that they were a little upset because they wanted to go to Disney World for the week, but they they, they couldn't leave till after Sunday after church was over. Really? Yeah, they would have liked to have left like Friday right after school. And then to make matters worse, uh-oh, the kids insisted that they be back by Sunday, so they had to come back from their trip, their vacations, on Saturday when they could have come home Sunday night or even Monday when there's a Monday off of school. Whoa! Yes, it's true. You can create a ministry or a classroom or a kids' church program or a club program that's so exciting Kids do not want to miss it. Okay, okay. Enough setup. Give us the secrets. Okay. Well, the first one is have a plan. Have a plan. That's right. No winging it. No shooting from the hip. No shooting from the hip. You got to have a plan. You, you know, I, I like what your mom used to say. Yes, my mom had a great quote. I don't know if it was original with her, but she instilled it in me. And it was, you want to say it, Gus? Oh, can I get it? Yes, you can. If you don't have a plan for the kids, 
they'll have a plan for you. That's right. If you don't have a plan, the kids will have a plan. Now, kids are, by default, wired to have a fun time. So they're going to have it under your direction or at your expense. Yeah, hey, you're finishing my senses. Yeah, it's almost like uh, I'm an extension of you. Yeah, it is almost like that. So you got to have a plan. And I'm not just talking about curriculum, all right? I'm talking about knowing what you're going to... Oh, who's calling? Don't they know you're making a podcast right now? All right, I forgot to take the phone and stick it in the bathroom, which is what I usually do. So we're just going to ignore that. All right, come on, phone. Thank you. Hey, is that Anna Nimis? Oh, yeah, Luke's girlfriend. Yeah, Anna Nimis is calling all the time. Yeah, we're always teasing Luke, asking him, who's this Anna that keeps calling you? And and uh, he plays along, and it's kind of fun. So, sorry about the phone ringing there, but we're not just talking about curriculum. In fact, when I was a children's pastor, I challenged my teachers to never bring their teacher's guides, their curriculum, to church. Wait a minute. How are they supposed to teach without the curriculum? Well, I believe that a teacher's guide's purpose is to prepare a teacher so that the Word of God impacts them, and then they need to plan their lesson. And if they plan their lesson, they've internalized the material, and they've made a plan. They actually shouldn't need the teacher's guide on Sunday. You mean they're not just supposed to read the bold and hope the kids read what's in italics? No, because the kids don't say what's in italics, all right? Curriculum guides are a framework. They're a starting place, and they can be fantastic. But then leave them at home, and you got to have a plan. Well, if you're leaving the curriculum at home, how do you have a plan? Well, that's exactly it. Obviously, you make some notes. I recommend putting them on a half sheet. All my lesson guides, I print on, I uh, turn a page uh, horizontal, and then I do two columns so I can fold it in half, and it fits in my Bible. Why do you do that? Well, because I want it the kids to know that what I'm teaching and what I'm saying, even when I'm just peeking down at my cheat sheet, you cheat my guide, that they know that it's ultimately coming from the Word of God. In fact, I'll even print out the scripture, put it on that sheet, and I don't have to always be flipping pages, but there's a visual reminder to the kids that the Word of God is what we're about teaching here. So um, so you got your cheat sheet, you know, little cheater, hey, and uh, you got it in your Bible there. Yes, and then what you do is you have that idea of what the flow is, what the order is, what's going to come next. Now, if you're working with preschoolers, what I do then, because I can't read, <laughs> I take my lesson plan, put it in big print. You know, we're going to do a game time. Then we're going to do singing time. Then we're going to do story Bible time. And I'll actually stick that on the four walls of the room. Really? Yeah, because that way, as I'm moving around, preschool's very active, moving around the room, I can just glance up at the wall, see where I'm at, see what's coming next. If something's not really going well or it's time to move on to the next thing, I don't have to go back and find a piece of paper or whatever. I just peek up at the wall. And it'll also let the other volunteers know what's going on. But if you don't have a solid plan so that you're out of the gate, knowing what you're going to do, quickly moving from thing to thing so the kids are always on the edge of the seat wondering what's next. Okay, so secret number one is to have a plan. That's right. So what's secret number two? All right, number two is have variety. Variety. It's the spice of life. Well, that's right. You know, if your kids can predict what you're going to do, it's time for some variety. Really? In fact, you might want to do that. You might want to ask some kids, can you just describe to me the normal flow of a Sunday morning? And if they can just give it to you verbatim, well, we do the welcome this way, and then we sing three songs, and then we do a skit, and then if they can describe it to you perfectly, it's time to shake things up. I mean, even if you have a curriculum that you love, even just changing curriculum, really, 
What, what, what about Disciple Town? Disciple Town's great. I wrote Disciple Town, but I'll tell you, if I were teaching week in and week out in children's ministry, I wouldn't even use my own curriculum every week. Really? That bad, huh? Hey. Sorry. No, I would want variety because the PowerPoints will start to look the same. The flow and the sequence and the things, the elements that are in that curriculum would start to be the same. I mean, people might get really tired of the puppet introduction. Never. They might. I don't believe it. So I would go ahead and try some different curriculums. Get get a What's in the Bible unit or get one of Brian Dollar's high voltage units or go in Kidology. There are tons of variety of different kids' church curriculums. And even if one ends up not being your favorite, the fact that it was different will make your classroom more engaging. So you need to have variety. So in your curriculum, in your format, you know, you could worship at the end. No. No, you can't. You can. You could start right out of the gate with a game, and you could have your lesson, and then you could do worship at the end as a response to the lesson. Wow, I never thought of that. See, you got to ask yourself, what can I do different? You can change the setup. Yeah, but what if you got a big set? You know, I was blessed in one of my ministries to have this awesome, incredible set. Yeah, I had a house. Gus had a house. Molly had a house. Did you mention me? Quiet, Molly. We're recording. Yeah, be quiet. We're doing a podcast. Hey, you be nice, Gus. Yes, Molly had a house. We had a apartment building. But sometimes I knew I just needed to break out of that set because as amazing as that set was for me and people in Kenology would want plans and pictures and would come visit the church, to the kids it was just their room. They didn't know how amazing it was. And the longer I had that set, the more I needed variety. Sometimes I would cover the entire set with uh, blankets and we turned them into mountains. Another time we put facades up and turned it into a castle. We had to find ways to change that set because as cool as it was, it got a little monotonous. Yeah, except for my house. No, your your house was, of course, always awesome, Gus. So, and sometimes it's even a matter of changing the room and, and going somewhere else. Are you going to tell them the smiley story? I'll tell them that in just a little bit. Okay, so let's review here. Okay, secret number one, have a plan. Secret number two, have variety. And secret number three, I think I'm going to like this one. You are. It's have fun. Well, of course. Kids just want to have fun. Would you Would you quit singing? That's Cindy Lauper. Yes, I know who it is, all right? And it wasn't kids. Anyway, kids do just want to have fun. Now, when you talk about fun, you get people, there's some emotions that stir up because some people are very anti-fun, right? And some people are very pro-fun. Well, you have to understand fun is the key to engaging kids to learn. But fun is not the goal. If you're setting out to give kids a great time, you're in the wrong business. Go work for an amusement park or get a job at Chuck E. Cheese, okay? Oh, man, I, I can't believe you mentioned the cheese. Okay, anyway, the purpose of fun is it's not your goal, but it's a means to your goal. Ah, it's a means to an end. Yes. You see, our goal is changing lives through the power of the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit. But we've got to engage kids. Did Jesus do that? What do you mean? Did he have a fun ministry? I think he had a fun ministry. He did miracles. He made blind people see and lame people walk. He fed all those people, loaves and fishes. That's right. God did things through Jesus that were exciting and that were engaging, and it drew people in. He walked with them, and he talked with them. Yes, a long life's narrow way. What is this song theme with you? Sorry, in my heart there just rings a melody. Okay, all right, enough of that. So what does it mean to have fun? What are some secrets to fun? Don't tell me you have an acronym. What? You love acronyms. I do love acronyms. You even have an acronym for acronym, don't you? I do. A crazy riddle of nuggets yielding meaning. Yes, I love acronyms. I think I've done some on the podcast before. Yeah, what's Windows stand for? Oh, you're going to get all the PC people mad at me. Come on, what is it? 
All right, Windows stands for Will Install Needless Data on Whole System. Now, just be fair. What about Macs? Okay, Macintosh stands for Most Applications Crash. If not, the operating system hangs. Whoa, that is a power acronym. It is. So, I've got a fun acronym, and we're just going to use the word fun. Fun is the acronym for fun. That's right. And it's just because each letter of the word fun can stand for something to help us be funnier. Well, you definitely need this. Okay, so number one is the letter F. Okay, this is an easy one. I think I got it. What? Uh, be funny. That's right. If you want kids to have fun, you got to do some things that are funny. Yeah, I've seen some grown-ups look like they drink lemon juice in the morning. Yeah, that's right. In fact, one of my favorite lines I heard David Laughlin say years ago was, if you're happy, can you please notify your face? You know... Fun is an attitude. It's it, you got to be contagious with it. You need to smile. There's a concept. You got to smile. You got to laugh. You got to be fun I, and, and dress fun too. I mean, that's why I wear goofy ties. I have hundreds of ties, and I try to make the tie fit the lesson. And sometimes, if I can't, I just pick a totally random tie. Yeah, and then the kids are trying to figure out what it is. That's right. And sometimes they actually come up with a connection between the design of my tie and my lesson because they know that I like to do that. Hey, tell them about your big shoes. Oh, that's. Right. I was at CPC years ago and there was a, a clown vendor there and he was selling these amazing clown shoes, but I, I custom ordered a black pair. So they're like giant black converse and they actually they look kind of like dress shoes, except they're huge. And whenever I'm teaching preschoolers or young elementary, I love wearing those shoes. They, they, they look like my feet are really that big. They're not like the big red silly clown shoes. And um, and it, they were an investment to get. But the kids love it, and it just immediately creates an awareness to them, even at a subconscious level, ooh, psychology, Shh. that this is somebody who's fun, and this is someone who loves kids. So you got to be willing to be silly. You know, when I go around visiting the classrooms, I, I look in the door, and I wave at the kids, and then as I leave, I let the door catch my arm. Ow! No, it doesn't hurt. I, I just do it for fun. The kids all laugh, bumping into corners, tripping over things once in a while. Oh, I thought you did that because you're clumsy. No, actually, um, you're just saying that you do it on purpose to be silly. You actually are clumsy. It's probably a little bit of both, okay? You are the guy your parents bought a unicycle for because you were so clumsy. Now, don't go bringing that up. Yes, when I was a kid, I was a little bit of a klutz. And my aunt told my mom, get him a unicycle, and it will teach him balance. He just became a klutz on one wheel. That's right. So, it's got to be funny. The U is, you want to say it, Gus? I don't know what it is. Oh, well, then you can't say it. It's to be unexpected. Well, that's unexpected. See, you got to do something totally different. Tell them the smiley thing. Okay, that's right. See, I had this great set at one ministry, and the kids all loved it. And one Sunday, I just wanted to shake things up. So as they approached the kids' church room, it was all barricaded off with construction tape. Under construction, go to the gym. And when they got to the gym... There was nothing, no chairs, no set, no props, just me in the middle of the gym with a giant jug of candy, oh yeah, telling the kids as they walked up to me, obviously they wanted the candy, yes, and I would say to them, I have hidden a smiley somewhere here in the gym. If you find it and you can whisper to me where it is, you'll get a piece of candy, but don't point to it, don't tell anyone where it is because we want to see who can find it. Well, the kids were just going crazy, I bet, trying to find these this smiley, and the funny thing was... I had actually put a big smiley about the size of a basketball on the ceiling of the gym. How'd you get it up there? Well, I just jumped. We all know white boys can't jump. Okay, I use the church's lift, all right? You know what a lift is? It's like this giant thing. They go up there to change the light bulbs, and then I put the lift away. 
Well, one by one, some kids would find it and they would come whisper to me, and they got candy. Yes, but more importantly, um, they were going to learn something. But then one little girl, I remember her, yeah, she was a first grader, and in her excitement of having finally found the smiley, she um, she kind of pointed it, she whispered in my ear, uh-oh. So all the kids looked up, and of course they all saw it, and I had this mob of 100 children running toward me, and I had to go, game over, you all get candy later, but the game's over. So, um... You didn't give them candy. At the end, they got candy. Don't don't worry about the candy. You know, we got to be fair. Equal candy distribution. Okay. So, and it was fun. Oh, tell them about the ones that were, like, deceiving. Yes. Actually, some of the kids who got the candy didn't want to give away where it was, and they actually started misleading some of the kids, you know, going around the room, pretending that, that they were going to give away where it was. Well, then they all sat down, and I showed them where it was. They had them all lay down. And as they looked up, they saw the smiley. Of course, they wanted to know how I got it up there. So I brought out the lift. I got in the lift, and I raised it all the way up, and I taught from the lift that Sunday with the kids all laying on the floor all around me. Yeah, with no safety legs. Don't go bring that up. You didn't put the safety... Okay, there were these safety legs that attached to the lift that I didn't know about, but um, it it was still... It was still basically safe. Yeah, there was only like a 10% chance of a kid getting crushed. Okay, shh, quiet. No way. I don't think it's a good idea having a show. I think it's a great idea. Okay, but we talked about, the point I want to get to is we talked about everyone wants to have happiness. It's in the Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution that the pursuit of happiness, right? That we all have that right for the pursuit of happiness. But people don't look up. They look all over this world for happiness, and it can't be found down here. It's found by looking up. You know what's cool? What? That smiley's still there. It is. In fact, years later, I will have junior high, high school, even college kids notice the smiley is still there and actually comment. And I'll ask them, yeah, but why is it there? And they always say, well, because happiness was found by looking up. So it it ended up being this powerful lesson that the kids really remembered. And it was memorable because they were laying on the floor and their kids pastor was up on a lift in the gym. But it, it made a spiritual point. But it was about variety. It was about doing something unexpected that they would never think of. In fact, one time I did kids church on the roof of a church in downtown Chicago. No way! That's right. We're teaching a story about the the guys who loved their friends so much that they went up on the roof and tore open the roof and lowered them down to Jesus. You went on the roof? I did. In fact, we made it fun. And there was a there was a ladder that went up and there was a trap door up there. And this is the Moody Church in downtown Chicago. And it was locked. Well, I figured out where the key was. And um, we did this little thing where we pretended to break into the senior pastor's office while he was off teaching and got it out of his desk drawer. And then we all went up there and I climbed up there and I unlocked the door and went up there. Now, the kids didn't even notice that there was a, a rug up there and some kid chairs. Was this dangerous? It actually wasn't. It was very cool. It really wasn't that dangerous. No risk of falling off. There was like a three-foot wall all the way around the roof, and the floor was kind of downset. But it was awesome to be sitting up there on the roof, looking at the at the high-rises and hearing the cars and all the noise and, and being able to see the Lincoln Park Zoo down the way. And then to talk about this is what these guys did. They went up on the roof. Did you tear open the roof? No, we didn't tear open the roof. Bummer. That would have really made a memory. Yeah, yeah, but I liked my job and I didn't want to lose my job. So, but just doing crazy things like that, switching rooms, just one Sunday saying, we're going to go out and we're going to meet on this grassy area out on the property of the church. Okay. So to be fun, you got to be funny. You got to do things that are unexpected. And last but not least, you got to do something new. 
New. I love new. New is a powerful word. In fact, when my mom taught in Awana council times when I was a little kid, she came out every week with this box. And that was the same, but what was in the box was always new. In fact, she would sing a little song. Are you going to sing? Well, I, I, I could let them know what it sounded like. You won't let me sing, but you're going to sing. Okay. Anyway, she would just come out and sing, this is my box. This is my box. I never travel without my box. And then here it comes. That's right. She'd say, what's in my box tonight? And that actually came from a, a musical. One of the wise men had this box, and, and she altered it a little bit. But the kids loved it. Anytime you do something new, they're going to love it. Whether it's, it's a new contest or a new theme or a new set, you got to stretch yourself to be willing to try something new. When you say, well, we're, we're going to do something new today, Bingo! You got their attention. That's right. Kids will immediately pipe up and listen. Okay, so let's review. Have a plan. Have variety. Have fun, which means be funny, do the unexpected, and try something new. If you embrace those three secrets, you will become an even better teacher or minister to children. Oh, this was fun. So, do you like having me on the show? You know, the jury's still out. Maybe some people should comment in the show notes whether they like Gus back in the show. Say yes, say yes. Or whether they liked it better without Gus. So, what are we going to talk about next time? Next time, we are going to talk about some important questions you need to ask yourself. Oh, I can't wait. So, do I have to answer myself? Yes, you'll ask yourself and you'll answer yourself. Awesome. Well, this wraps up our 76th Kidmin Talk. Actually, it's 90. 90. Yeah, you got to count the ones you did with me before, you know, you start calling it Kidmin Talk. All right, our 90th podcast. That's pretty amazing. We got the big 100 coming. Anyway, remember, you can shape the show. Invite me by Twitter at Kidman Talk at Kidologist. You can email me directly at Carl at Kidman Talk. Hey, let us know if there's uh, something you want me to talk about. Or, for sure, if you'd like it to be just me and uh, boot Carl off the show. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, thanks again for an opportunity to equip and encourage you in your children's ministry. And be sure to check out Protect My Ministry for discounted background checks to keep the kids in your ministry safe. Yeah, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs>